Welcome to Megan Meets, a podcast hosted by me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Ireland's first dedicated natural health spa, offering flotation therapy, infrared and traditional Finnish saunas, contrast therapy, and no contact compression massage and more. Salt is located two minutes from the M6 motorway on the outskirts of Galway City, and they stock a wide range of Irish health and wellness products. Take time to look after you this year at Salt, experts in holistic wellness. Keep listening for special offer at the end. In the first series, I'll be exploring health and wellness and each guest will be chatting to me about the work they do. You'll learn more about alternative healing methods, health, happiness, and so much more. Get involved by using the hashtag MeganMeets. Hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family or those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed. chat to this guy and I give him I'd say about 10 titles and so many introductions but I'm going to try reading them all off again Olympian retired rugby player broadcaster and presenter um owner of a fitness app which we're going to talk about winner of Love Island Pilates instructor and I believe I left this out last time when I was talking to you but athletics as well I believe was very much so part of your your youth <laughs> yeah, athletics as well. Yeah, you can throw that in the mix. I, <laughs> I sprinted for Ireland um, up until I was about 18. Yeah, I actually went to the Youth Olympics for Ireland in sprinting, um, which is a cool one that people don't realise. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big one that I personally hold close to my heart, but a lot of people don't know about it. Uh, see, look, I did my research. And of course, I should say proud Limerick man, Greg O'Shea. So there you go. I have to put the Limerick in there as well. Yes, of course. Proud Limerick man. Yeah, I have been back in a while now. I'd have to get down again soon. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's actually, it's nice now today. We're kind of between storms. So it's like this calm before this next storm. So, you know, yourself, that's, that's sort of yeah, like. It's... There was a storm coming in from the West or something, was there? Always. Wild Atlantic way, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the UK for the last few days and I only heard it on the news on the way back. I was like, geez, that's terrible. <laughs> Do you ever find in the UK, uh, I, I know you spend some time there now as well. And I, when I spend time there, the weather is just completely different. Like it's only an hour away, but it is always so much drier and warmer. Yeah, it is always kind of warmer there and it's a little bit more sunny and stuff, but I still just prefer Ireland. Like, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's a nicer vibe here in Ireland. People are friendlier. I know the weather's not nice, but I definitely prefer being here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I must say how, like, let people know how this podcast came about. It's because at Christmas time, we met inside in a very good bar, Limerick, Jerry Flannery's, the Rugby Ball Jerry's, and we just got chit-chatting and you told me about your new business venture. And then I was saying, oh, no, actually, I'm starting a podcast. So here we are now. We, we got here eventually. Yeah, what number episode is this? This is going to be number, we're on seven now. Seven? Jeez, you're fairly knocking out of the park. Is it one a week? <laughs> I do, one a week, yeah. And I, do you know what? I've actually enjoyed it so much. I was going to stop at six and I said, John, this is just, it's, I'm really enjoying it. And there's more and more people coming out from, every time I drop an episode, someone else comes forward and there's just more and more people there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to keep going because I think health and wellness is something that everyone needs to kind of focus on on themselves I know you're a big advocate for health and wellness and I want to chat in a while about um, better with Greg your your new um, health and fitness app but I suppose I want to kind of get back to to maybe the early days of health and fitness for you it sounds like you just kind of always grew up maybe sporty yeah when both my parents sprinted for Ireland and my dad's a big rugby head and my all my family are sporty except for Laura my sister who's just a model and she doesn't sweat ever and doesn't do anything ever um I say I take that back now she's got into hiking for, for uh because yeah. she's, she's a new boyfriend that's into hiking <laughs> back 
Um, but yeah, always been around fitness. And um, my mother's a yoga instructor now as well. So that's where the Pilates side of things came from me. And it was always just a way of life, even from a young fella, just going out to teeny tots training and all the way up. And then in school, I played sport and my, my dad coached me in school. And then in club, I, I played with them. My dad coached me there. So like, no matter what, my dad was just an influence on me. Or And if we weren't training with the club or the school, we'd go down the back pitch in munchins and do and kick a ball around. So it's always been that way. And I'm just glad I was able to make a career out of it. And and um, I obviously retired from rugby then at the end of last summer after I got to the Olympics, which is kind of like I got to where I wanted to get to. And if I keep going at this, there's only one way to go and it's down. So, oh, yeah, I got out while I was on top, which is really lucky because a lot of people have to retire without mm. without it being their choice they get injured or they get dropped or something but i just i made it up my own accord which is um which is a nice way to, to bow out and now i'm trying other ventures as you said like presenting broadcasting and i have my new app um so really busy uh but i love being busy you know you mentioned there about both your parents running for ireland i mean that's absolutely incredible and of course you mentioned that you also ran for ireland um so was like when you were a young guy and a young lad, obviously you knew about your parents and their athletics. Was athletics <coughs> then maybe the kind of more so the goal because that's maybe what you knew about or was rugby always, was it more so rugby that you thought you wanted to go down? Rugby was always the first love, I think, because my dad obviously was a big influence on me, mm. but also all my uncles, my granddad, everyone, my cousins are just rugby, rugby, rugby. We're a big Shannon RFC family, which are big club in Limerick. Which like I can my mother... see from where I am, by the way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm looking out at it. Toman Park. I can and see the, right, it's literally right in my eye line. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. So my mom ran the tuck shop where Shannon trained and my and the whole lot. Like so I'll be running around Toman Park as a young fella. So it was always just rugby. Mm-hmm. But then I, I happened to be pretty good at athletics as well. Um, but I used to just do it in the summer. And, and the issue was I never gave it enough training over the winter where everyone would be putting mileage in their legs yeah. and getting really strong. I'd be out in the rugby pitch getting knocked around. So I come in the summer, I do really well. Like I got myself to do the Olympics, but I was never at a good enough point where I can make a career out of it because mm-hmm. if you want to be a sprinter and making athletics, you need to be running like nearly 10 seconds flat by the time you're 18 or you're just not going to have a career. It's just the way it is. There's American high school kids running that time. Like, do you know what I mean? So um, I just had to like be realistic with it and I got everything I wanted out of that sport and then goes, okay, rugby is a better career option for me. I do love it more. It keeps me at home. I trained with Munster Rugby in the academy for four years, did my degree in those same four years in UL. And I remember specifically you could get from the training center in Munster Rugby to the UL library in eight minutes if you walked walk briskly <laughs> so I'd be like I'll be finishing up a set or something and I'll be like 15 minutes I'll be like I can get down and I go down and be sweating but like I just knocked it out of the park and it just worked out well for me that uh, I was able to have a career in rugby. How did you compare um, athletics then to rugby as in obviously athletics is it's yourself it's, it's you're on your own bat it's like it's you out there against everyone else Whereas you're on the rugby pitch, it's a team. And it's obviously, obviously you want to do well as an individual on that team, but it is a team sport at the end of the day. And you have to remember everyone either side of you. So how does that compare for you? Good question. Yeah. Um, athletics, I suppose it's, it appeals to a certain athlete and a certain mindset, because no matter how work, how much work you put in, um, that's going to reward you if you do enough of it. So like if you do enough training and you're, putting in the effort you're going to see that back because it's only you in one lane and you're running unless you get to like long distance stuff or just elbowing and things but i was in sprinting where it's if you if you're good enough you're going to win mm-hmm. um where in rugby and it's a team sport you could play your absolute best game but a couple other lads could play poorly you're going to lose and the pros and cons to it are 
in athletics, it can get quite lonely because you're out in the track running by yourself or with your coach. Um, where in rugby, you're always around your mates. And that's the biggest thing I miss now that I'm retired is I used to get up every day and go in and hang out with my mates for the day. And, just <laughs> and it was just like, this is the best job ever. Except we got paid below minimum wage and it was still the best job ever. Um, I just had to be realistic and, and realize that's not going to help out 60-year-old Greg. So I had to get a proper job. Um, but yeah, so it depends what kind of mindset you are. If you like training alone and just focusing on yourself and not having any other influence on you um, in relation to other people, then athletics is a sport for you or something like tennis or or golf or something mm-hmm. like that but I did like the team aspect especially when you win something like some mm-hmm. of the best times in my life um, I remember watching a documentary the other day I think it was Neymar's documentary on Netflix and it was a it was a clip of them winning a cup and the team celebrating and I was just like that is honestly one of the best feelings you can have in the world and there's no way to emulate it or copy it you can't create that anywhere else in the world where it's like you train for months and months with a team you're in absolute hell like no one knows how hard you're training you you end up achieving a goal winning it together and then you're just elation, and you're just on the piss and it's just like the best thing ever like I remember the two specific ones for me are we qualified in Hong Kong for the World Series um as a team and I remember just standing on the pitch afterwards it took us four years to do that and like none of us even cheered we just stood there with such relief and we're all so exhausted but it was the best feeling ever and then same again in Monaco where we spent two years building up to this one tournament we had to win it to get into the Olympics Mm -hmm. and we ended up beating France in France and it was just like we all started nearly laughing we were like lads we actually did it like because over every day every day we woke up in Covid we were like the focus was no less we have to train we can't like get stuck into the netflix series go drinking because we all have to train to get to the olympics and it works so i really love that element of it um but then i have a lot of friends that love the individualistic sports as well so it's whatever kind of your mindset is when you're talking there about you know getting ready for the olympics and the whole seven setup which i think you know i think definitely since knowing you the sevens has become so much more well known all across ireland um and i think you know um, you've obviously I think you've been a definitely a huge factor of of us all knowing more about the sevens and following the sevens actually kind of you know I've definitely following sevens a lot more now since since knowing you but um talk to me about the time that you realized that the Olympics could actually be a goal and something that you could actually achieve now I know you said you did the junior Olympics with the athletics so obviously you probably maybe got a small taste then but when was it can you remember the moment where you kind of thought this could be a way to get to the Olympics yeah so um oh yeah as we spoke about there i was doing athletics and i got to the youth olympics and i was like this is pretty cool like this is the best trip i've ever been on in my life like we just get treated like kings and queens like there's villages built for you just 24 7 food like you're given physios doctor everything and i was like this is pretty cool i like this it's training in the sun Um, (laughs) and then i was like okay youth olympics now how can i get to the actual olympics and I kind of realized very quick I wasn't running fast enough to get the times to get to the Olympics. So I was like, could I make a four by one relay team to get the Olympics? I was like, is there four fast enough lads in Ireland? I was like, mm, probably not. Do you know what I mean? So then I kind of accepted it and I had an offer from Munster Rugby to take a contract. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you obs- you can't be training as an athlete if you want to play with us. So I was like, OK, I'm going to be a Munster. Took that contract. <laughs> And I kind of accepted, like, I would never go to the Olympics, but, like, I got the Youth Olympics and hopefully I'll play for Ireland and rugby and that'll be fine. You know, beggars can't be choosers. So then uh, I had a big accident in 2015. I went to visit an ex-girlfriend of mine and I lacerated my Achilles tendon off a bicycle, which is 
at the time I thought it was the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. And this is, this is a really, it's such a big story. Basically like time just heals everything. And like, yeah. I have this, this lovely quote by, um, that I heard by uh, uh, Tom Hanks that actually put on my Better with Greg Instagram the other day that he says, he's asked, what's the what number one saying that you'd live by? And he's like, this too shall pass. And what he means by, he's like, everything's going to come to an end. He's like, no matter how bad you feel or how mm-hmm. much you're fighting with someone or whatever, that's going to eventually end. You're going to get over that. But he's also, if you think you've everything figured out, you think you're going really, really well. He's like, that's going to come to an end as well. So he's like, just stay patient. So bringing it back when I did my Achilles tendon and lacerated it and my lost my leg, couldn't even stand up on it. I had to relearn how to walk and everything. And people were like, look, you're never going to get back to, to where you were. Um, I was like, this is the end of the world. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm, what am I going to do? everything I ever wanted and depth of depression, all this stuff. Um, but what happened then was Munster paid for my surgery and I got back to like functioning. I was like six out of 10, if I was 10 out of 10 before I got hurt. And they were like, look, Greg, you're just, in a business sense, you're just not the athlete you used to be. Um, you need a bit longer to develop yourself back. Yeah. We don't have a senior contract for you. There's people like Simon Zebo, Keith Earls, like Darren Sweetham, Alex Wood, and all these guys that are ahead of me that are fit. So I was like, okay, I kind of just had to swallow that pill. Seven Rugby took me in really kindly, and they built me back up. But it honestly took me nearly two years to build myself back up again. And um, in those two years is when Rio 2016 happened, the Olympics, and they took in Rugby Sevens as a sport. So I was watching it and I was like, I was trying to get my body back together, watching the Rio Olympics. And I was like, sevens is in there. I'm in the sevens program. But the Irish sevens team was so far down the pecking order. We were in like European division D and you need to get all the way up to A, which takes a, a year every time. And then you have to w- get into the World Series, win that Hong Kong tournament that I talked about. And then after winning that, you have to then qualify for the Olympics through another, like it's really complicated. And we're like, the chances is happening now. Like, And uh, we ended up doing it then five years later, we all got together and we ended up doing it. And it just became a, a goal again. And, and I ended up achieving it last summer. Absolutely incredible. I literally, first of all, I feel like I have the pain in my Achilles listening to you. And then I'm like, got shivers as well, listening to the story. I suppose then, Greg, for you, like, you, you know, you've, you've loads of friends, I'm sure loads of friends around Limerick, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you're, you're in your early 20s at the time when all this was happening, and you were, I'm sure all your friends are probably going out and socialising and going to festivals and going on lads' holidays and whatnot. Then you're there trying to achieve this goal. Was it very hard to, like, juggle that? Now, I know, I suppose you had the other sevens boys who probably had the same goal, so you were able to maybe hang out with each other, as you mentioned, so you're kind yeah. of able to, you know, almost ignore that. But, like, did you find it hard... When you're seeing all your friends do this like stuff that all the regular lads we all you know and all the girls do in their early 20s yeah i i did kind of struggle that to a certain extent mm. in school especially and in college so i never did a j1 i never did a six-year holiday i never did like the lads trips away um all that stuff like i never like i didn't drink until i was 17 and then again i only had two cans and I was nicknamed two can Chinaman because my mother is Chinese I'm a bit of Chinese I mean I had two cans and I got really drunk so I got nicknamed two can Chinaman and things like that so I was never really the party guy but I also think people respected that like so they kind of had the respect for me in that sense and I always just knew that that wasn't my path like to go down that on a party lifestyle I was like I have a goal here I have a focus this is what I'm doing and um I know that's it, it sounds kind of cliche but like I was just that's all I wanted like I didn't really care about the whole party lifestyle 
and it worked out for me in the end. I just I'd be getting up training like when lads were still in sleeping. I was like going home to bed, um, going getting to bed early now when I was do you know what I mean? I was doing things that my friends weren't doing. Yeah. When the lads were off on J1s, I was at home training. I remember actually one specific trip in school where everyone went to Ackle Island for a week and um, to have fun. And I only went for two days because I'd come back and train. And I just crap like that. Like, do you know what I mean? I didn't go on any ski trips. Um, but do you know what? You have to sacrifice somewhere. And that's what all people say. If you want to succeed, you have to sacrifice somewhere along the line. And I did, and it paid off. But then again, as you mentioned, I was in the seven setup and the rugby setup where I made a lot of really good mates, best friends for life. And when we had time off together, so like two weeks at Christmas or two weeks in the summer, we all went off and like had our fun. You know what I mean? So like there was one big trip after the World Cup in San Francisco uh, in 2018. We all stayed on. And we went to Vegas, we went to LA, we went to San Francisco, obviously went to San Diego, just went on the piss, did the whole lot. Um, so we kind of made up for it to, to a certain extent, you know. Um, so I don't, I definitely don't look back being like, oh, that would have been a lot of fun because I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Now I want to move on to um, TV <coughs> and of course uh, Love Island. I mentioned you're a Love Island winner. Now you planned and prepped and you know, you were in the seven setup and you obviously as a team and as an individual had the goal to get to the Olympics and obviously, well, to climb from Division D all the way up to get to the World Series to get to the Olympics. And that was always the goal. So this was something that was going on for years and years and years. Um, yeah. Love Island comes up pretty much very, very much so last minute, not part of the plan at all. So how was a few then, even just like, I guess, I suppose in some way it would be, it wasn't really mentally and physically because you were leaving the rugby set up for a while to go into this villa where you know it's it's a gorgeous looks like a gorgeous sun holiday um and then you're also being just thrown and catapulted into the biggest tv show that we've known of so how does one prepare then for for that because you know you're as I said, <coughs> the biggest tv show i remember i play tag rugby all year round and i remember that those summers there people sometimes just wouldn't come to tag rugby if it clashed with love island and people would leave tag rugby early to get home for love island and i was like Oh my god is this, like and it wasn't just the girls it was the men as well it was everyone so there was a clear out of tag rugby by nine o'clock because everyone had to be home for love island you're joking I, what? I wish i was i'm not <laughs> <laughs> that is mad um you know what like as i get older and i look back and it i'm just like that is mad like whatever whatever's gone on in my life in the last two years is just madness like um but it just i took it day by day and it was crazy, man. Yeah, they got on to me and uh, I'd watch it like everyone else. Like you're saying that with my mate. <laughs> and I was like, this would be hilarious now if I if I just go to the interviews. I was like, be so funny. I actually thought the message was a piss take at, at the start because it just came in being like, oh, we have a new TV show and we'd like to interview you. Can we give you a call? And I was like, oh, it's obviously one of the lads you're taking the piss out of me. But the message was verified on Instagram. So I was like, oh, I was like, it must be. So I messaged back anyway and we set up the call. It turned out it was love island and i uh i only told one of my mates like joe because i was like oh don't he was really big into it and i was like this could be funny got through the phone i remember it was in between training sessions we were in lansdowne training and then we were we had gym and we were walking to gym after after the pitch and i got the call and i literally just moved over to the side of the road and took the call for love island the interview it went really well um and they i just ended up getting through three or four more rounds there's like three or four rounds you have to get through go flying to London and back all on the slide. Um, and then I ended up getting to the final round and they brought me into London and 
met the producers of the show and they were like oh congratulations we want to put you in as a day one islander and and uh like you know they were like presuming that i was like i'd be ecstatic and like oh my god thank you so much i was like look lads i'm sorry i can't do it like you know i'll never forget the look on their faces they're like what i say i was the first person ever to turn down day one but i was like it just wasn't part of the plan you know what i mean and i spoke earlier about sacrifices and it was never even a decision to knock to, to to like it was, it was never a decision for me to go into Love Island or go to rugby it was just oh I've rugby I'm sorry it's not happening and um so I said thanks very much and they co- tried to convince me for like two hours and I was like look lads it's not happening like I want to go to the Olympi- Olympics and we hadn't even qualified yet like do you know what I mean we were still uh still had all the qualifications to do but I just was like no nope, it's not part of the plan so I went home and I got back into training with the boys and they were they were all like oh I told them by this stage and they were like, you're an idiot, man. You should have done it. Like, and I was like, boys, we have a different plan in place. Yeah. And they always kind of knew and they respected me for that as well. And we watched the show together. Then for the six weeks training, like we we're, I remember we we're flying to crazy places like Moscow and Russia. And then we went to a place called Woods in Poland. And then we're in like really weird places playing and watching Rhode Island, like streaming it illegally. And uh, I remember I got a call on one of the trips from, um, from Love Island and they were like look Greg, we really want you to go into the show and uh I was, I was like well look I can't I'm here till the 15th of July and you said the deadline is 12th of July like you like it's not going to work and they were like look we just want you to go in we'll fly you in the 15th of July they're like where are you I was like I'm in Toulouse in France and there and they're, I was like okay we're like we'll fly you in tomorrow and um, can you get that pass by your coach so I pulled the coach after dinner and I was like look this is after happening again can I would you mind like I know we've one more tournament left but it's kind of like it's a nothing tournament and you're going to play other lads anyway do you mind if I fly to Mallorca tomorrow <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he, he he in fairness to me just started laughing he goes yeah you go go do you but pre-season starts on the 26th of August you have to be back by then so I went anyway the next day told none of the lads and uh I remember saying to my, ro- my roommate Hugo Keenan at the time actually he I was packing up my bag to leave and we weren't, we weren't team or flying home till the next morning. And uh, I was packing, I was leaving. He, he was like, where are you going? And I was like, oh man, like there's something just after happening at home and I just have to get back. And he was like, oh crap, man, I'm really, really sorry. And uh, I think like my granny would be really, really sick. So I let on that my granny passed away, which is really dark because my granny did pass away then I was in Love Island. But um, anyway, I went in, flew in and Love Island happened and then ended up winning the thing which was even nuts, more nuts. And uh, still though, it was still always like, I still want to go to Olympics yeah. no matter what. All these contracts being thrown at me, all this money being thrown at me. Amber wanted me to ask her out and move to London. I was like, look, lads, this isn't part of the plan. Mm. Came back home, got stuck back into rugby. And as you said, how did I deal with it all? I kind of just took it day by day and surrounded myself with my close mates, my close teammates, my close family. And I think I was a bit oblivious to it all, to be honest. It was like I had a big bubble around me and all the shit was coming in and just knocking off the bubble and bouncing back out because I was just so laser focused on wanting to go to the Olympics. And uh, like at one stage I was even, I was getting cancelled for not um, being with Amber and and Mm -hmm. coming back home. I got absolutely eaten alive for that. I didn't know, even know what cancelled meant. Like I didn't know what that word meant. And my best mate who's in the room here beside me, he had to explain to me, he's like, yeah, man, you're kind of getting cancelled right now. (laughs) It's just like, okay. I was like, I didn't really know. And um, so I kept going anyway over the last two years and did what I wanted to do. And I think I kind of won people back in the sense that I said to them after the show, I'm going to go home and do my law exams and I'm going to go home and go to the Olympics. And that's my plan. 
and I did both of them. So people are like, maybe he's not full of shit. You know what I mean? He did kind of say what he's going to do. And um, so I kind of earned people's trust back in that sense. But then also, subconsciously kind of over the last two years as well, I didn't realize how much of an impact it was taking on my mental health. And it got to a certain stage that I was like, I have to speak to someone. Do you know what I mean? It got really, really bad. I tried to reach out to a uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine that I was with at the time. And she was basically just like, look, I can't. She wasn't able to be there for me. She had her own stuff going on. And that made me even more retract into myself because I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't try and talk about my feelings. So I kind of bottled it all up again. Because I was so, I was like, this thought's going on in my head. I was like, what's going on? And it was obviously just subconsciously everything that had happened over the last two years. And um, I also think it was a bit of like, okay, what do I do after the Olympics? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew I was going to retire after that. And I hadn't made enough money off Love Island because I didn't follow what you're supposed to do. Wasn't making enough money off rugby. I was like, I think it was a big concoction of all that. And people were kind of expecting me to be, oh, you're Greg O'Shea. You're the Love Island guy. You're Olympian. You must be flying and everything. And I was like, let's. I came back out of all that. I didn't take all the opportunities. So I think it was a bit of all that. And um, my, my girlfriend at the time not being able to be there for me really just kind of made me embarrassed that I tried to talk about it, which is really sad in hindsight thinking about it. And I don't want people to think that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, so I kind of bottled it all up again for a few more weeks. And it got so bad one day. I remember I was driving the car and I was like, this has gotten really, really bad. Like it was scary thoughts. And I was after scaring myself like with the thoughts. And I was like, I swallowed my pride because and a really bad thing to say well as well as that I always thought people that like went to therapists and went to see doctors and got medical help was really I thought it was really weak and I was like oh they're just weak-minded they have a weak mindset and for me to like swallow my pride and to actually bring myself to a doctor and like admit, admit what was going on was like to me that was really weak and I completely just like lost the battle with it all and um in hindsight though that was actually one of the strongest things i've ever done yeah do you know what i mean i brought myself to the doctor and i got my help i got therapy therapist uh, helped me out i got medical aid as well and i've actually started only recently to come out of it and feel much better about myself and things come together and i look back and i'm like great that's one of the biggest things you've ever done for yourself is to swallow your pride and go get help and um it was just i probably should have spoke to my family and i and i didn't because i didn't want them to worry as well because I knew I'd scare them. Um, so once I started getting medical help and all that stuff, uh, then they convinced me, like, you need to tell your family and friends about this. And then I told them about it when I was already sorting it out. So um, it's been a mad two years. Like, you know, that was just a crazy quick story I gave you there. Um, but it's all kind of worked out in the end, thank God. Well, I always think even like with my own situation, I remember the hardest person to tell and the hardest people to tell are always the people that you love the most. Because like yeah. that, it's like you just don't want them to see that weakness or you're kind of afraid because you're thinking you don't want to upset them as well, I think. Because you said you don't want to, you don't want to have them worried. You don't want to frighten them. But then when you, yeah. and it's, I know it sounds kind of like cliche and we hear it a lot, but it is like a problem, shared as a problem half. Because once you tell the people around you, they just kind of go, okay, sure, I'm here for you. And then you're like, oh, I can finally breathe yeah. again. It's, it's incredible. But, um, you know, I, I think fair play to you. And I think, you, you know, I, I, as you were telling me that story, I was thinking back to the Tom Hanks quote you gave me yeah this too shall pass yeah it's so honestly it's the truest thing ever man I, like my thing with the achilles tendon yeah that i thought was the worst thing in the world if mm. that hadn't happened i wouldn't have gone into the sevens i wouldn't have gone into love island i wouldn't have all these opportunities do you know what i mean so it's like it, it will work out and it's and i also remember when another i'd broken up with I'd, sorry two girlfriends ago i um, <laughs> i'd fallen madly in love with this girl right and uh 
like so much so that I was going to propose to this girl, right? And I was like completely head over heels in love with her. And uh, she broke up me over the phone after four years. Oh, Jesus. And completely went cold turkey, couldn't find her on face of the earth, blocked her on everything down to email. Like it was though, ridiculous. And I was like, this is the worst. I was like, this is, I'm never going to get out of this. Do you know what I mean? You're so in your down in your dumps. And now I look back. I'm like, what was I fucking saying? Like, do you know what I mean? I was totally grand and I'm so much better now. And she was never for me. And it's that quote again. It's like, it will. You just need to be patient. It will be fine. But that's obviously the hardest thing to hear because at the time you're like, you don't understand how I'm feeling. It's so bad. And it's like, just stay calm, be patient. It will all be fine. You know what I mean? And it's, it's really hard to say, but it's true. Now, Greg, you're not a man I said to, to, to just sit around and do nothing because you, you know, you retired from rugby um, you achieved your Olympic goal. And you said there, you know, you realized you needed help. You got help. And um, then you decided to launch your app better with Greg. So where's yeah. the idea come about? Like, I, I know you're into fitness, and you're daddy's instructor, your mother's a yoga instructor. So it's kind of all, it's all there already. You're, you're a really fit and active guy. And um, when did you realize that? Okay. Uh, this is now going to be my my next venture yeah so like every other kind of influencer and youtuber over lockdown i started doing um live classes you probably saw it popping up in your feed and annoying you <laughs> yeah i took that i took that you took that yeah so i did those and i built a nice little community of people and i really enjoyed it but i had other stuff to do i had to get back into normal life as i said trying to go to the olympics and all that so i put it on pause and then I retired and as I spoke about earlier, I kind of was caught in the place where I was like, what am I going to do? Like, do I mean, what's, what do I want to work as now? What's, what do I want my career to be um, for the next, I don't know, 30, 40 years of my life? And um, even longer than that. And I always thought like people say, if you do something you're passionate about, you'll never feel like you're working a day in your life. So I kind of sat down and I was like, what am I, what am I passionate about? Obviously love fitness and I love wellness and training. So, okay, that's one then I absolutely love presenting and broadcasting. It gives me the same kind of adrenaline buzz that you can get as close to sport as you can because it's live, you mess up, everyone hears you mess up. And then um, I love my brand deals and the brands I'm working with on social media and all that kind of creating content. So it's like, they're my three pillars that I want to base my career off. I need to now go for that. And the thing was, I have a law degree and I did most of my F1 law exams and that was supposed to be the fourth one. But what I realized during lockdown was that I was so miserable doing those exams that like I was like why am I putting myself through something that I'm miserable I don't want to do this like you know and it was more so the challenge like I told people I was going to do it and I also wanted to prove to people I could do it so I kind of did it and I was like all right I'm able to do it I've done all these exams I passed them first time but it makes me effing miserable so I'm not going to continue to do it so I've I've three more exams to do over the next six years then to get into to be to be uh, in the law society as a solicitor um then you have to do like a certain amount of training so i could do that if i want to go back but at the moment it's not one of my things so those three were what i wanted to do and really hard to make an app man i didn't realize how hard <laughs> to make an app. oh my god like the money is needed to make an app so i, I kind of went fishing and like asking people well how did you make this how did you do that and i actually found a, a nice company in the uk that make white labeling apps so they helped me out and it was going it was in process since like last September, um, all the end of last year. And we were supposed to launch on the 1st of January, but there was issues with the app. So we launched kind of in the middle of January, which was nice because no one really starts the 1st of January anyway. Yeah. No. And, uh, <laughs> the whole idea behind it is just 
live workouts with me. So that's kind of the USP of it is that I'm doing every single workout live with you. So if you're there working out and you're sweating, you're putting in the work, so am I on the other side. So we're kind of in it together and I'm trying to motivate people to go, you're not in this alone, I'm doing it with you. Um, so every rep we're doing it together, which is um, also a big responsibility for me because I have to be there. And then, um, but luckily enough, like my mom has helped me out. She's doing the yoga side of it. And then, so it's not just the live workouts, which you can also get on demand if you're not able to do a live with me. So they're all sitting there. I think there's like 15 workouts just sitting there right now if people want to go on and do them. All different types, like bodyweight hit, upper body stuff, dumbbells, kettlebells, yoga, pilates, um, core, uh, loads of different things. And then also there's a wellness section where I'm putting up kind of weekly blogs, mm. wellness blogs. There's been stuff like stress management, sleep, uh, how much water you should be having. I got a career consultant to come on and talk about like um, finding time in your week uh, to actually fit in training. I got a nutritionist to come on and talk about calories. So different things like that. Just trying to create a nice, a nice wellness and workout platform for people for only a tenner a month. Do you know what I mean? So um, like what you spend a tenner? You can get a coffee and a sandwich more than a tenner. Two, two, Honestly. nearly two coffees. Yeah. Two coffees in Dublin anyways. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And for, for a tenner a month, you get all these workouts and wellness blogs. I've actually, to be honest, Megan, I've lost money on it so far, but I'm still doing it because I, it's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be a millionaire off it. I'm just trying to provide people with good content and uh, not just be throwing up Instagram lives and pissing everyone off. Like So it's kind of a platform for people to go to. So I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot more work than I realised, but... I'm enjoying it. So um, we'll see where it goes. And of course, it's on the App Store. But remind us the spelling now because it's different. Yeah. So the, the only way to subscribe and get the workouts is through the website, betterwithgreg.com. But spelled better without the second E. So it's B-E-T-T-R with Greg. And I only did that because it's cool. <laughs> and, uh, so it's betterwithgreg.com. Go on there, subscribe. And once you've done that through the website, you can download the app from whatever app store you use and, and work away. Happy as Larry. Um, I think, you know, um, you're like, like myself, it's like, I always have a lot going on, a load of different things. And I think it's always, I think those creative types though need that kind of stimulation to have every day is a bit different. I see you over and back in London, um, working with world rugby and stuff. And I've seen some really cool content there as well. So I think it's, um, like, are you enjoying it all? Are you, like now that you're not, um, you're retired from rugby, you've got the Olympics. I see the Jersey behind you there. Um, yeah. are you enjoying this lifestyle? Are you enjoying the media world? Yeah, do you know what, Megan? Straight after after Olympics, when I first retired, the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, really, the end of 2021, really, really struggled, man. Like, and I didn't let people know that, but I was just like, I don't know if you found it when you changed careers and things like that, where I I really lost my identity. Like, I was like, who? And and it kind of got thrown in my face when I went to meet these big UK agencies in London. And I was, I, I thought it was going to go so swimmingly because I started meeting them just as I was retiring. So I was like, yeah. I'll retire. I'll go away for four weeks, have a really good time. Then I'll just go straight into work in the UK and I'll be grand. Went to meet these big UK agencies and uh, sat down at these big round tables. It's like I'm in a movie, like meeting these producers and uh, agents and managers and all these stuff. And they're like, all right, Craig, so uh, you won Love Island. That was great. Uh, you went to Olympics. That's cool. But like, who are you now? Like, like what's your selling point like why should we sign you and I couldn't answer the question I was like I actually don't know I was like yeah and that and that was it and I mm. kind of went out of there and I was like oh my and this is kind of at the same time that I was kind of struggling with my mental health as well and I tried to reach out to people and it didn't work and all that was going on and uh really really struggled for a few months kind of figured out and and um 
it was scary, but uh, I just kind of, as the same thing again, this too shall pass. It will be fine. It will be grand. I took myself closer to my family. I really reached out to my sister, Laura and Jessie. Um, my mother, she, she got a lot of phone calls off me. And <laughs> I was impatient. And uh, it, it worked out. I just, and do you know what I did? I, I also realized that, and I, and I talked to a couple of rugby players about this that have retired since. Um, it was a complete smack in the face that, I only realized that no one's going to do it for you, man. No one's going to do anything for you. And the issue with being a professional rugby player is that everything is done for you. Do you know what I mean? You're, you send out your schedule. You're given a physio slot. You're given your massages. You're given your training programs. You're told to be here at this time. Do that. All you have to do is turn up and train. And that's it. And that's what was my life was for 10 years. So I got out. And it was a big smack in the face. I was like, if I sit here in my room and do nothing, mm. nothing's going to happen for me. And I, and I honestly, it was like a revelation. I was like, I have, so I was like, okay, I need to, I need to make this work. It was kind of either succumb to all the, the pressures and just completely lose myself or make shit happen. So I uh, was like, okay, what's the best way of getting up true things in this world? Who do you know? Started thinking about who do I know in what places? He's friends with him. He knows that guy. He knows this guy. Started reaching out to people making calls being like any chance any chance and then um like the world rugby thing i did that only happened because a guy got on to me asking me to do something else and i figured out who he was and i pitched the idea for world rugby and we worked that out that worked that's been a really good thing and now that people kind of see me in that space is world rugby presenter fitness young guy that can kind of do all that stuff and then i knew a guy that in a broadcasting um company who was friends with a friend of mine, asked him for a chance. He gave me a shot, like things like that. That's the only way I got through because the agencies didn't want me. And I'm not saying I've made it or anything like that, but I had to basically create work for myself. Um, and that makes me even more prouder of it that I've kind of pushed myself into the world and, and I've kind of made it happen. So there's nothing secure. I don't know what I'm doing in six months. I don't know what I'm doing in a year, but I'm, I'm really enjoying the work I'm doing. And if you're enjoying it, you're doing something right. Greg, you're giving me inspiration here now and I work in media and I'm like, hold on a second. I was like, I need to, I'm taking advice from you now because I'm like, this is exactly what I need to be doing as well. And I think so many people listening are going to take so much from you, whether it's young people wanting to get into sport, achieving their goals, having a like a literally a crushing injury and managing to still go on to do the Olympics and represent Ireland and all the different things you do have to say. And I think what, what's so great about you too is you're just so authentic and you know, you're so approachable as well. And I think that's what people, I think that's why, you know, people like really appreciate you because you are, you're so you're sound you're sound lads from Limerick and uh, that's that's the mo and most important thing and you're so down to earth too and I think you know that that really comes through even on your oh, social media and on your stories as well so keep up the good work and um, love following your adventures of course better with Greg is your fitness app and website and um, as I said I, I look forward to seeing what's next because I'm I'm thinking here now as you're talking I'm like hold on a second this lad has done a lot of law I was like there's there's a, something to be said for a bit of media loss, some sort of, I don't know, uh, educate people on the, the media law thing. Because I think, you know, we see with social media, I think a lot of people don't realize how, you know, there's a lot yeah. when it comes to media law. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if it's the loss for me right now. But funny enough, I met a minister the other day, uh, Minister for Special Education, Josepha, and uh, she pulled me to the side. She was like, you're going to finish your exams now? <laughs> I was like, because like, she was a practicing solicitor for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um I was like, I will, I will finish the three of them just having the back pocket. And who knows, down the line, I might, I might do. But right now I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, I really enjoyed this chat, Megan. It's most candid podcast I've done or most candid chat I've done in two years. Um, so it's been really nice to chat to you. It was probably because you're from Limerick. We know each other so well. <laughs> and I'm easy to chat to you. And congrats on the podcast. It's class. No, 
thank you. Look, I look forward to seeing you again in Limerick. And I said, I my eyes across at, at Shannon Rugby. So, you know, it kind of it landed pretty well the way this happened. And as yeah. always, thank you so much. And look, I look forward to seeing you back here soon. Yeah, thanks. The Shannon lads are trying to get me back playing now and get me hey. on their time. So, uh, maybe not this season, but maybe down the line, yeah. Greg, I also I play tag rugby. If there's a few tag rugby teams down in Limerick, I'm sure if I turned up with uh, an Olympia now, I'd be uh, <laughs> I might win some brownie <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely, Lovely stuff. Gramila Margot. Cheers. Thanks, Megan. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Megan Meets with me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Get 20% off single therapies at Salt. Enter Meg Meets at the checkout or in store. Check out saltfloatandrecovery.com for booking and for more information. And remember, hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family or those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed.